everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because we cannot do life and life to the fullest without Jesus. John 3.30 says, He must become greater, I must become less. We need Jesus now more than ever. Today we have on a special guest, Dr. Rodney Bensley. He's a vascular surgeon, and today we are diving into God's Word, Dr. Rodney Bensley. He is a rock star for Jesus, you guys, and he is doing big things for God on the operating table and with his patients. You guys are going to be mind-blown at some of the things that he talks about and just the faith and the confidence he has in Jesus. Let's dive in and listen to Dr. Rodney Bensley, a vascular surgeon. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you do and where you're at, because I'm talking to you in Pensacola, but you're in Tennessee. So give us some context on who you are and where you're at. Yeah, so I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about 30 miles south of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the fastest growing communities in the country. Wow. And I'm a vascular surgeon, so I basically operate on on any artery or vein in the body that is not specifically on the heart and that is not within the skull. So from the neck down to your toes, I mean, I fix anything. Wow. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what what do you uh, work with most of the time? Like what's a day in the life of for you? What does a normal work day look like? Uh, it kind of depends on whether or not I'm in my clinic seeing patients or in the operating room. I do, I operate most days. And so some of those are very um, high complex, high, um, high acuity patients. They have large aneurysms. Uh, some people have ruptured their aneurysms. And, you know, those are the ones that are, most of those people die, but sometimes we can fix them. Mm. Uh, I operate on carotid arteries, people who've had strokes and I do bypasses down the leg for people who have gangrene in their feet. And then I do a lot easier stuff. Like I do a lot of varicose veins, which are a lot easier to do and a lot less stressful. Um, So that's, that's what I see. I see a lot of smokers and I see a lot of diabetics. Okay. So why we have you on, you know, we're always trying to be better for God's kingdom. Like what are some tips you can give us to like be good to our blood? Yeah, first don't smoke. <laughs> don't ever start smoking. Okay. And if you and if you are a smoker, uh, try to quit. It's very hard to do, just like all addictions are hard to break. But I know Jesus can help you break any addiction. You just got to ask Him for that help. Yes. And then, with regards to diabetes, we just eat too much sugar. We know sugar comes in many forms, whether it's sweet tea, which people love here in the South, or uh, it could be uh, Pepsi or Coke or Dr Pepper. Okay. Cookies, crackers, bread, rice, potatoes. We just eat too much of that stuff. And those two things together will put you in my office. Oh my goodness. I had some cookie dough earlier today. So <laughs> what what will sugar do? I mean, take us there if you don't mind. Yeah. So if you have too much of it, your body at some point may not be able to process it. And you're not responding to the insulin that you make. And that can lead to diabetes. And that leads down to a whole down a whole road of uh, complications. Uh, when you have diabetes and too much sugar in your blood, it starts to damage the nerves and uh, your arteries, and so people go blind. Oh, geez. Uh, they have issues with their bowel function. 
Oh. You know, they, they can't feel their feet. They have a lot of neuropathy and that's what leads to a lot of wounds and a lot of amputations. And it just creates a lot of inflammation. Too much sugar creates a lot of inflammation in your blood. Oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if anybody stops eating sugar after they've heard this podcast, reach out to us. <laughs> Let us know mm-hmm. that you've made this big life change because I might get the sugar free for my coffee creamer at the grocery store this afternoon. So, um, no, thank you so much for that insight. We really do appreciate it. We want to be our best for God's kingdom and we appreciate you giving us that insight. I wanted to read Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I mean, I just had a baby a few months ago and the amount of prayers that we gave for our doctors, I mean, we love them. Like, so, I mean, they're just like next level in our lives. We just cherish them. Um, they've just done so much for us, but I can't imagine as a doctor in your position, working with the blood, the, I mean, the, that just flows through everything. It makes everything work right. Being a Christian knowing that you're working for the Lord, what does that mean to you when you walk in every day and are working with your patients? Yeah, so that's something that I have been trying to incorporate into my practice the past few years. I just felt like God was trying to get me to be more obedient to him. And for me, that was really following a prompt to pray with my patients, Mm. to ask them about their salvation. And that's kind of what I've really been incorporating the past couple of years. And it's been great. Uh, There's nothing like, there's nothing like the feeling you get when you're obeying what the Lord wants you to do. I would get these nagging feelings when I was talking to a patient, Hey, you should just ask them if they want to pray about things. But then I would just push it aside and say, you know, I'm at work. They don't want to hear all this. But then when I started doing it, I mean, it's great. I've I've even had patients call me up just to talk to me because they know I'll pray with them. Wow. And so that really hit home one day when I was on call and I had an older gentleman come in with a ruptured aneurysm. And when aneurysms rupture, 80% of these people die. They don't even make it to the hospital. Oh my goodness. You know, the ones that do make it to the hospital, 50 to 80% of those people die. And I was just felt really prompted to ask him, you know, if something goes wrong in there, you know, where are you going to wake up? And that was the first time I followed through on something I felt like God was telling me to do with a patient. And the patient made it really easy. He said, hey, I'm going to heaven. And so I didn't have to really grapple with, well, do you want to know the Lord and all that right now? I've done that later. But that wow. first time, God really responded with, me, with my obedience. And the patient said, you know, hey, I, I know I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. And I felt really good about the operation. I mean, the operation was a miracle. The guy had a horrible heart. We lost a lot of blood. He mm. should have died on the operating room table, but he made it out. And it wasn't anything I did. Uh, God brought him through that operation, you know, wow. despite my best efforts. And so, I mean, I see miracles like that all the time. And, and I think that is so moving what you just said about you are a skilled doctor. Like God has given you gifts and abilities and you have read the books and gone to school and you have the knowledge to do things with people and their blood that not everyday people can do. 
but you also know that God does miracles. So like from your profession, can you talk to us about, yeah, you pray for miracles, pray for God to do um, the things that you can't even imagine, but also love our people who are skilled professionals and trust, you know, and trusting them to do their job as God has appointed them to those positions. Like, can you talk to us about those two things about how we need both of them to come together, if that makes sense? Yeah. So God, you know, he can heal supernaturally. I've seen it. I've seen it in the operating room. I've seen it in my own life with my children. And, but he also heals through physicians. You know, he's trained physicians. He's trained them really well. And they have a lot of knowledge and a lot of skills. And you have to just stand on faith that you not only pray for a miracle, you have to expect it. Wow. And whether that comes through the hands of a physician or it could be a medication or it could be supernatural. I mean, I'll take my physician's advice every day, but I'll also go to God as well because I know he's the great physician. Mm. That is so good. Man, I just feel like somebody who's listening to this right now is going through cancer or they got a bad diagnosis or they don't feel good, but they just heard what you said. And man, you're just saying have faith. You're saying have faith and pray about it. Yeah, have an expectant faith, right? Because the Bible says that God, through his stripes, he has healed us. You know, and that's in past tense. So I tell my patients all the time that that price for the healing's already been paid. You just have to get it. Wow. You, know, you just have to ask for it. You have to receive it. It's hard to receive. Talk about receiving it. For someone who hasn't been good to their body, man, I can't imagine the walls that have to break down when you're sitting in the fact that you can't change that you smoked for that long. Or you can't change that you ate way too much cookie dough, (laughs) you know, like for the person who is in that position and in that moment, man, maybe all they can do is pray, you know, like, is that, do you see that with your patients where they're like, I'm at the end of my rope. This is what, this is what I have. I have Jesus, you know, and like coaching them through that. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of times I see patients and they've done a lot too much damage, you know, and there are consequences for our actions. Mm. And so, you know, I don't see healing in all my patients, especially, you know, I pray for healing for a lot of my patients and sometimes they don't get it. Mm. But, you know, our body is a temple and if you abuse it at some point, there's only so much that medicine can do for you. Mm. And that's when you really need to turn to the Lord and say, hey, I I screwed up, you know, I messed up, but I want to change, you know, and I just say, I tell a lot of them that can't, can't quit smoking, or they say, they say they can't, they, so they already, they already speak in defeat into their life, they say, I can't quit, it's too hard, Mm. yeah, it's hard, but you can do it, and I guarantee you, if every time you pick up that cigarette, if you just say, Jesus, help me, you know, I don't want to smoke, it's hard for me to quit, but please help me, he's going to help you, yes, He'll help you overcome whatever addiction you're dealing with, whether it's overeating or smoking or lack of exercise or any of those things. He'll help you, but, you know, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. You need to ask him. Right. Oh, my goodness. This is solid. This is solid. Oh, man. I'm going to have to re-listen to this interview because not only 
can someone relate to this who doesn't smoke? Like you could have something going on in your life where you just can't put it down. You just feel like you can't insert whatever. Like this speaks to that in so many ways because we serve the God who can do miracles as well as use people and relationships in our lives to help us get through that season or whatever is going on. And man, it is an honor to talk to you because you were one of those people who I know walks into people's lives and they remember and they're thankful for, they, they might not even remember your name, but they remembered how you made them feel. You know what I mean? Like you, yes. they'll, they'll remember what you did for them. Man, do you have any um, other stories that you want to share with us just about maybe patients or like how God has used you in your profession? This is just so encouraging. Yeah, there were a couple of times I saw a patient who had a very large aneurysm who was at risk of rupturing, but he needed a few more studies so that I could plan the operation appropriately. And we were trying to do things pretty quick because it was a large aneurysm. And I remember he was, I don't remember what started it, but he had mentioned something about God. And so that kind of opened the door and I just kind of let loose. And I said, well, do you know him? Mm. You know, and he said, no. And I said, well, do you want to know? Him? And he said, yeah. And so I led him through the Lord's prayer right there. So he got saved in the office. Wow. And then I found out a week later, he died. I couldn't get him on the operating room schedule. He died while we were trying to arrange for things. And well, I'm just so happy that I saw him and was able to talk to him and had, had the, um, was obedient and asked him about his relationship with Christ. Because if I didn't do that, if I was selfish or if I was concerned about what he might think or if I was embarrassed, right? Because sometimes we get embarrassed to share our faith right. with people. The guy would be, uh, he said he wasn't safe, so I'm sure he'd be in hell right now. But oh, I know, I told him, goodness. hey, I told him before he left, hey, if, you, if something happens or if you don't make it through the operation, I'll see you again someday. And... And he called me back a day later just to say thanks. He told my office staff. And then I found out he died several days after that. So oh, my goodness. It just tells the importance that the Lord is asking you to tell someone about him. You have to do it because you don't know what's going to happen to that person. And you may miss your opportunity. Wow. I mean, one of the questions I have with you is how many unique situations that you're in. What's that leap of faith like? to talk to the patient and say, all right, we're going to talk about Jesus now. All right, we're inviting Jesus in here now. I think a lot of people maybe get nervous about what they're going to say or if they're going to say something right or, oh, I don't know everything about my Bible. How am I going to talk to them about Jesus who saved my soul? Like, how can I explain it for them to understand? You know, taking that leap of faith and just talking about it. What, what has given you the courage to meet people where they are? I think it, it gets easier and easier wherever you do it. You just got to break the ice, do it that first time. Mm -hmm. And then just trust that God will put the words in your mouth. You know, he'll, it, it just happens. You know, I don't, I don't have a plan. Everyone's different. And I feel like I'm being led to talk about different things with different people. And so just breaking the seal, you know, just make that first wow. attempt. And wow. then God, God will walk you through it. You know, I don't know everything about the Bible, far from it. I know that I'm supposed to try to bring people into the kingdom. And so that's what I'm trying to do. 
That's so good. I was not expecting in our conversation for us to talk about how to talk to people about Jesus, but we are. And like, this is so special because that is our call. Like you are a vascular surgeon, a successful individual working in your field. And what you are doing, the Lord's work is something that even a stay at home mother can do is something that even someone who works at Krispy Kreme or Chick-fil-A, like this is where we come together as a unity in the body of Christ. Like it's not for us. It's for Jesus. It's to reach other people like what you're doing. It's just so, I was not expecting to talk about this with you. And I'm just so thankful that you're so open to talking about how to talk to people about Jesus. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was just about the blood of Jesus, because you work with blood every day. And it's honestly, it freaks me out. It grosses me out, but talk to us about the blood of Jesus and what it means, what it should mean to us as Christians. Yeah. So that's a, that can be a big topic, but uh, you know, the blood is the most important thing in your body, I believe is, you know, because without it, without it pumping, you're going to be that you're going to die. You won't deliver the oxygen and the nutrients to your cells and you can't eliminate waste. And, and the blood was important, you know, especially, you know, when Jesus was around and the Bible says that he was born, he did not have any spots or blemishes, you know, so he was born perfect. He did not have any spots on him. Wow. And he was without blemish, which means he lived a perfect life. He didn't have the blemish of sin on his life. Right. And that was the perfect lamb that was, and his blood was shed for us because God required blood to be shed, you know, for your sins to be forgiven, you know, like on the day of atonement right? where they would, the priest would sacrifice blood for his sins, his family's sins, and for the nation, the nation of Israel. And so Jesus was that lamb. And I mean, the great thing about it was that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be that perfect sacrifice because he was that perfect sacrifice and his blood was shed. and. I mean, that carries a lot of weight to it. So that means, and the veil was torn, you know, the, the veil that separated us from the Holy of Holies. Right. It was torn. So now that the, the perfect lamb, now that his blood was shed, it means you can come to the throne of God with, with boldness, you know. You don't have to ask a, a priest or a pastor to pray with you. You have access to the throne of God. Right. Right here, and right now. That's right. You just got to just, just talk to him. Because he's right. always listening, you know, right. and other things come with that restoration, redemption, um, healing, you know, restoration of relationships, you know, pros prosperity, meaning maybe it's financial for some people, but maybe it's uh, having a prosperous um, mission work, you know, whatever field you're in in life. I mean, God's, God wants you to prosper because yes. he uses you to bless other people. Yes, he he wants you to have a rich life. He wants you to delight in the Lord. Man, that that's where I'm at in my walk right now is like just delighting in the Lord. Like how are we going to delight in the Lord today? I'm going to read this verse. Acts 20 verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own 
blood. And as a vascular surgeon, what does that mean to you about bought with his own blood? Yeah, okay. So to me, that means that everybody has been purchased. Everybody is uh, important. Right. Important enough for Jesus to die for them. Mm-hmm. And they may not know that. I mean, they may not accept that. They may want nothing to do with Jesus. They may not even know about him. They may have never heard his name. That still does not diminish the fact that Jesus shed his blood for them. So everyone's been purchased through what he did on the cross. Right. And so what that means, I think, for us as Christians is that just like um, in First Samuel, when God was trying to anoint another king to... Um, come in after Saul, you know, and Samuel was looking at all the David's brothers, the older ones who were really big and muscular, and, and Samuel's like, this must be the new king. Hmm. And then God was saying, no, no, you can't look at that. You got to, you look at what they look like on the outside, but I look at their heart. Yes. And so very similar, we need to realize that everyone is special in the eyes of God. No matter what they're involved in, they can be uh, involved in a lot of heinous addictions. They could just be bad people, but nonetheless, God loves them and he died for them and he's waiting for someone to bring them into the family. Right. You know, so that's kind of what that means to me is, you know, Jesus shed his blood for this person over here. I may not like what they do or what they're about, but it's my job to evangelize them just to tell them who Jesus is and, and what he thinks about him. And that he loves him and that he's perfect and he may not be doing the right thing now, but God still loves him. Right. Yes. No matter what, no matter what, he's a God of grace, a God of mercy, and we can trust Jesus. And thank you so much for everything that you've said. And I would love to hear, we always ask the guests who come on this podcast, their favorite verse that's helping them out through this season. So do you have a verse that's really carrying you through this season? Yeah, my family really loves uh, Psalm 91. Awesome. The whole thing. We love the whole thing where it's just a psalm of protection. Okay. And, you know, specifically with what's going on right now with COVID and the people that are dying, you know, verses seven through, verse seven, you know, it says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Hmm. And so... I mean, we say that a lot, almost on a daily basis. We will read through the psalm, that psalm with our children. And I feel like when you speak it, you activate God's word. And we just live on that. I mean, I take God at his word. And so it says that we're going to be protected. I expect to be protected. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that I go out and do foolish things, right? So we right. still hand sanitize. We wear our mask and we're careful and, and we don't get in big, large gatherings. And so we have to do our part, but I know God's going to do his part. Yes. And so I'm not, I'm not worried about my family getting sick because I know we strive to be obedient to him. And right. then I know, you know, he's going to take care of us. And that's what that Psalm says, that he's here to protect us. That's great confidence in Jesus and taking his word seriously. Like, why not? Why not take what he says and apply that to our lives and use it as instructions for how to live our lives. Like what, thank you for that encouragement. Um, I do have a question from your uh, profession. 
I know a lot of people are watching the news and scared about the virus and this and that, just really nervous, really anxious, some people even frightened. And we want to pray for you. How can we pray for our doctors and our nurses? How can we be there for our medical teams in our communities? Not, not just you, like we definitely want to pray for you. How can we pray for you? But also like, how can we be there for the doctors and the nurses in our communities? Well, I think a lot of what's going on in the news, there's a lot of deception out there. Yes. You know, a lot of propaganda. It's sad to say that, you know, in the 21st century, you wouldn't think that uh, news organizations would be sp spreading propaganda, but they are. Right. And they're being deceitful and it's all spiritual. They are trying to deceive people and frighten people. Right. And it's fear to fear. It's running wild. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say prayers in general, just pray that, uh, the spirit of fear goes away because that's not given up to us by God. God gave us a, a spirit of love and a sound mind. And so when you feel fear creeping in because you're watching the news, you know, you just rebuke it in the name of Jesus, you know? Yes. Um, put those feelings under the blood. And right. as far as uh, healthcare professionals, you know, I think we just need prayers that um, we stay energized, not get too tired. Not necessarily where I am, but there's a lot of places that are harder hit and they're tired and mm -hmm. they're just tired. They're working long hours. Um, patients are coming in. I, I would say, I will say that uh, the patients that are coming in now seem less sick. Good. So that's a good thing, at least in my hospital. Good. Uh, not, not like it was early on. Good. But I think mainly just for everybody that this spirit of fear is broken and rebuked and bound. And so that we can see the truth. Yeah. If there's anything else you'd like to share with us just to encourage us in this season, um, we would really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Sure. You know, I, when we first uh, were communicating about this, you were talking about the heart and a verse that I like is Luke chapter six. I can't remember what verse, but it says for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. And I'm really big on what you say um, because you speak things into existence. I really believe that. And so if you're speaking defeat and low self-worth and that you're sick all the time, you're going to be like that mm. because that's what you're giving life to. So I always say, hey, fill your, you need to fill your heart with the word of God yes. where it says you're healed, where you're encouraging people, where you're forgiving people, where you get your self-worth because you're a son or daughter of God, not because of what you do, and that you're a victor, yes. right? Christ won the victory for us, but it's our job to enforce it. Yes, I love that. That song, I'm gonna see a victory. That's like, that is my song right now. Yes, 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 that's so good. And that's from 1 John 5, verse four, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So no, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. And as we wrap up every podcast, we always say this prayer, I pray we decrease and God, you increase in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Thank you so Amen. much for your time, Dr. Bensley. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.